0: start date one two oh two one nine oh one. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a uh, podcast that talks about Star Trek. I forgot to pull up anything we normally uh, we, say here loose tonight. Hang.
1: Loose, loose hang, I believe. Loose hang, is loose hang. Yeah. from Mike, the uh, hip.
0: <laughs> Mike is on an away mission, so I'm taking a stab at uh, at hosting without prepared notes. So it's going to be a fun time, y'all. But yeah, we're what a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast that talks about new and old Trek. I think that's what we usually say.
2: Some he's got
0: some
1: sort of tagline. Some some point, yeah,
0: something like that. Uh, My name is Mariah Gossett. With me on screen, we have Clyde Haynes and Grant. All right, y'all. We are tonight talking about a show star trek discovery <laughs> choose to live some, wow some y'all show. i I,
2: the, the no, I have sorry. it
0: i have i have notes i have my notes it's up. called choose to, to like... live
2: it's the third it's episode of leave. season four
0: yes season four episode three written by terry hughes burton and directed by christopher j burn um it's going to be a fun ride tonight y'all i got my uh covid vaccine booster get your booster if you can so i'm a little
1: I don't need the
2: vaccine. Um I just don't
1: kick him out. Get him out of this podcast. There you go.
0: <laughs> all right. Just you and me, Clyde. We're just gonna hey, keep it here for science. That's what we
1: have to do. That is what we have to do.
0: I guess we'll let him back in to talk.
2: <laughs> oh the
1: only- hello. I'm I'm now a believer. Uh
0: <laughs> oh good. Good. That was all it took.
2: Yep, that's all I needed. A that- little kick in the pants. Uh,
0: that is all it took but uh yes tonight uh we're gonna be talking about star trek discovery season four, episode three um there's a ton that happened in this episode i definitely want to jump right in but clyde can you first tell people how they can um tell us some of their thoughts about well if you were
1: if you're watching us live and you want to participate then there's a couple things that you can do you got some thoughts you got some questions and Type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we will see your comment. And you'll notice that if you have a hot Freak, something you want to share about the show, something a hot Freak, then type a capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat, and we'll we'll mention your hot Freak, possibly, at some point. Maybe. Yeah. Next I, I appreciate the maybe, because if we don't, <laughs> eh, we're off the hook. Have you if if you if you've hook. if you've ever podcasted and you say something like that and you don't get to someone's comment after saying that you would you would hear the wrath. Upset. yeah so it's you gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta, you gotta hedge your bet a little bit with a maybe but we It'll do try worse. we try really hard
0: we do try we try we do not want to have the wrath of Khan upon us we would yeah. like to feature your hot freak if we can get or to it the wrath um, of Phil the wrath of Phil <laughs> Phil the wrath of Phil. I think Phil can forgive us that's for a, anything. That's
1: not as it's not as like intimidating Menacing. as a is Khan. Right, maybe. The, that's the problem. Maybe the wrath of Marge. <laughs> mm. 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 Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know okay. We're
0: going to we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um but yeah, since we are a Star Trek podcast as Clyde was saying, we don't do hot takes. We do some hot freaks.
2: Oh shit. Hot freaks.
0: gonna get texted
1: by Mike any minute now (laughs) what are you doing
0: what are you doing to my show uh who wants to go first with their hot freak about this particular episode Clyde
1: does Uh, sure uh I did really like this episode I think um this episode was a little bit a little bit different but I felt like it had some some really great notes in terms of you had some kind of cool battle scenes right like you like you had some great fight coordination um you had some off world kind of antics um but you also had these incredible like touching moments of whether it's um i mean really i, I don't want to say just tender but emotionally um complex whether it was uh, Adira and Gray, um, you know, Book and going through his emotions, um, and even Burnham. I did think that for all of those, if this was a show that was an hour and a half, we might have gotten a little bit more depth. Like I think with Book, like I, I, if I was brand new to the show, I don't know that I would have felt it as much as I did. Um, because it it kind of felt like it moved a little fast. It was like, hey, I'm going to mind meld with you, and then great, like oh, all is right with the world. Um, and then Burnham, I think, it, because I know the character, I can understand the confliction with the 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 from a justice standpoint. But all in all, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's so interesting to me. I think the two things that that really blew my mind from uh, where I was to where I am is how important Saru is to this crew. Um, I love Saru in this role, right? Like, I just, I mean, man, you talk about a glue, uh, a person who glues it all together. So I love that. Um, and Vance, right? Like I was watching him and going, man, it was not that long ago where we were chanting Vance's sus and now I'm looking at him and that orchestra analogy was just, I, I dug it. I'm an analogy guy and I love that one. I was like, man, that's a great analogy. Um, and there's, I, I'm looking at the president and thinking quite possibly this might be the road to the federation being the federation that we're used to, right? The making the big decisions, but really thinking about wisdom, Um, I look. I I was all for this episode. I thought it was great. Uh, Mariah, you want to go next?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, Clyde. I really enjoyed this episode. It like I think I said it last week. Like I feel like we now know our characters. We're in this world that we're going to be living in. We get to fully experience it now. Um, and I love that we're getting more more character development. Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. not just about what are we doing to solve the big problem. It's what are we doing to solve the big problem but at the same time we're really learning more and more about um these characters that we've we've kind of n- grown to love and 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 our new characters that have come in as well i think david ajala is like so incredible to watch on screen and like i i got like teary eyed at multiple points in this episode uh, we also finally got to see the bar. I love when we finally get the bar on the, uh, on the ship, you know, we, we didn't see the bridge. I think even once this episode, we got to see different parts of the ship. We got to just have all of these really great one-on-one moments. Um, you know, and I don't know if it is a, uh, something I had to consider because of COVID protocols and like really reducing how many people are in a particular scene, but if if that's the reason, I mean, they really made it work in such a wonderful way. Because I think some of these smaller two to three people in a scene um, sections of, of this episode in particular were really beautiful um, and really well acted. Um, but yeah, I mean, 10 out of 10, we got to go off world in multiple worlds. We got to go, I mean, it was new great. Alien, I just like new,
1: new, new aliens
0: we we had the uh abronians uh who we got to meet for the first time which was really cool and
2: they really called the abronians yeah oh no <laughs> i didn't know that
0: abronians it might be the abronians okay a b r o n i a n s um the abronians um which were real I, I like when we get past humanoid structures in some of the the aliens that we get to encounter so that was really cool um yeah i i think it was just like a fully knocked out of the park episode for me. I'm glad we're moving forward with what this kind of big thing that's happening um, in the universe, but at the same time, taking the time to have these moments of full character development and, and realization there.
2: Um, I, I think I, I was kind of mixed on this episode. I definitely agree with what you're saying, Mariah about the, the intimate moments and there, there being a lot of, of heart to this episode uh that said me being um kind of bitchy i'll i'll say that these sweeter more saccharine moments um i i like it here or there but when like it's hitting like on on multiple uh threads i'm like no i i do want more of the the action sequence i want more of the the, the you got fighting murder ones. nuns i know you i got fighting murder <laughs> nuns but uh i don't know i i thought that those scenes were just kind of Weird. We'll get into it a little bit more uh, when we talk about that whole plot point. Um, Ultimately, I thought that a lot of stuff actually did happen in this episode, and I know that like around the forty-five minute mark, it seemed to. It felt like it wrapped up, and then I went, "Oh, we still have another fifteen minutes (laughs) of this episode uh, after everything that happened with Burnham." Um, I think that there's there's some still some positive energy going on with uh, how they're partnering up uh, different characters with each other to see how they play off of each other. And there was some really important things being shown in this episode and being um, expressed that I haven't seen in other TV shows, really, especially mainstream shows. Uh, so in those regards, I thought it was, it was good. And it, it's, It's important and very valuable, you know, what this show does. And I appreciate that. That is my overall hot freak. We do have some from the listeners.
0: Yeah. Why don't we jump Uh, in and take a look at those. Um, Grant, while you pull one up, I would just like to remind folks that you can find all the links to the audio and video version of our podcast at StarTrekPod.co. And if you enjoy our content, you can go to Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod.
1: Boom. And uh,
0: I can, I can
2: overrule uh, that comment for that <laughs> for that button.
0: moment. But after uh, commercial yeah. break over, James Worm says,
2: "Kwatin uh, a lot is sus." What do you guys think? I, that's something I definitely want to discuss.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be. Uh, let's jump into the Kuat a lot discussion. It is sure. interesting that we, I think, have a context for them that is so far back in time at this point from what we've seen in Picard. And then you Mm -hmm. think about what they are in this particular context now that Navarre is unified. Right. And I wonder what has and has not changed for that group in that amount of time.
1: I also, I mean, I think to me, it's, that's a, that's a hard question. Are they sus? Right. And the reason why I say it's a hard question is because We've got Burnham's mom as a co-malot, mm-hmm. right? But we are also aware that she hasn't it's not like she's she's been there the entire time, right? She is from the past,
0: mm-hmm.
1: future all over. Um <laughs> it, it, so it's it's one of those things where if they are sus, how involved is she?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How sus is she? And is she so like Will that become a tension between her and her daughter? You know, and which is interesting because if they are sus, Burnham right now is playing the uber righteous character right now, right? Like she is, if you think about everything we've seen so far, she is saying everyone must live. I can't sacrifice anyone. My job is to save everyone. And now she's like justice. Who cares about the greater picture, but justice for the individual. So it's just kind of interesting to see where this goes.
0: Yeah, it's also interesting to me for Burnham to take that um, kind of opinion when she and I mean, her first season was her essentially coming out of prison.
1: Right. Well, yeah, like the pilot, because some for some reason when. This episode went o- went off. Uh, CBS was ready to play the pilot episode, trying to mm-hmm. take over my whole day. Um, <laughs> but I, when I saw that come up, I, I literally because I just saw the Burnham scene. I it transported me back to think: you mutinied your captain for the greater good, right? Like you you basically tried to knock your captain out and then give a Vulcan hello. Mm-hmm. And now you're going, no, 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 no. Who cares about the greater good? It's about this one situation. She's grown. That's or what something. this season's yeah. been about. Right?
0: But is it, but is that, I don't know if that's like growth. You know, like her view of justice, I think, is has become interestingly skew, skewed now that she's in charge to me, where it mm-hmm. was like, like you were saying, Clyde, like she wants to, keep everyone alive and has this like sense that the Federation knows what's best when it comes to serving justice in some way, shape or form. But it's interesting to me that she wouldn't just see this as like, Oh, by the end of it, I understood the ends almost justified the means. Uh, But, but even then I like, I kind of question this particular Quat Malat's like tactic, like, she didn't want to give away their location because they were helpless and they were full of this, like, very particular uh, – they were full of latinum, right? Like, they, their mm-hmm. bodies carried latinum and didn't want any harm to come of them. But it just seems like, well, then couldn't you have talked to people who wouldn't harm this group and get them, like, up and running again?
2: Your entire Malat, or Yeah. <laughs> or – yeah, any, like, the, the fact that – it felt like a plot contrivance that they wanted to introduce – this character as a viable threat, but then have it both ways of, Oh, but the, the end was a justifiable cause. And it, it doesn't really justify going in and killing that dude's family. Yeah. Uh, similarly, I, I feel like there's a contrivance of having Burnham be the person who has to go, but what about justice for the family <laughs> versus the greater good of the Federation, just so that they could have um, a means of having that conversation about uh, how they need to navigate those gray areas of of ethical decisions in what it takes to bring about uh, a a a bigger tent i guess so to speak uh you know more people being represented within the federation
1: yeah yeah i i think that was the part that i struggled with is is kind of in the beginning of the the episode she didn't need to kill him right like to be honest with you she was kicking his butt all over that room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like every time he came for her effortlessly, like she wasn't even breaking a sweat in doing it. And so when he tried to grab her, she had him there, there wasn't a, a true reason to stab him. Right. Like, I, yeah. I think that's I, the thing that, that I struggle with is you're like, well, I didn't want to. Well, if you didn't want to, you didn't have to. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's,
0: yeah, I, I think then, I mean, almost in a roundabout way, now that we've kind of discussed it all the way through, it's like then I do think Burnham has a point of like, while she was like, I see this greater good in this mission, this particular person probably didn't need to do the particular act, like those specific actions in order to get her goal right. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting conundrum. I can see, I could see how sitting in a writer's room, you would talk this in circles and then kind of come to the conclusion that the show had to put up there. Um, Let's present
2: both aspects and there yeah. was a discussion and that's kind of the best you can do at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, do we have any other hot freaks from the chat?
2: We do. Uh, Takako says, I am really liking the making of a captain that we're seeing this season. We've always seen captains already made we now get to see how those captains are made.
0: Yeah, I would agree. It's, it's, uh, I think she is doing a great job of surrounding herself with the people that she needs Mm -hmm. and putting them in the right places.
1: The other thing that I think we're seeing around this making of a captain idea is there's this, I don't know. There's a, there's a narrative that I believe is true that it is so much easier to be number one than it is to be the captain. Right. Cause I think when we've seen Burnham is number one, we've seen Saru is number one, like they just thrive. All of a sudden, they've got all this wisdom. Right. They're there with the quick witted thing. And uh, hey, you know, you should bring instant, you know, you should bring Tilly along on this thing. You know, like they've got all the answers. But when you're in that big chair, all of a sudden, it's like, uh, uh, I'm not quite well, sure. It, right. it also
2: seems to be such a Trek thing that if you're in the captain's chair, you have to be in all the action now. <laughs> you, you don't delegate that to other people. No, Burnham's got to go every time because mm-hmm. um, she's the star of the show. So, I, I, you know, in that regard, I guess it makes sense. But it also does not make sense <laughs> for a ship to always send the captain.
0: Yeah, although I'm liking that we're getting these different um kind of pairings of characters this season. You know, I really enjoyed the um scene between Culber uh and um uh, Saru. I thought that in the like little lounge area was really nice. Although it seemed like Culber essentially had the same conversation with Adira that he then had with Saru about like making connections and like uh-huh being this person on the ship that has to have this sort of wisdom and leadership. And I felt like it was an interesting parallel to see someone who's like of older and more experienced telling that to a younger person. And then two people who I think see themselves as peers kind of having that same conversation about what's needed in order to um, connect with people on that level. right? And um, also we get a dartboard and we all know that all the best TV shows and movies have dartboards in them.
2: <laughs> and and poker tables, apparently.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I would definitely want to add like that dartboard to like my Star Trek shed, like my my only Star Trek place where you could just go hang out, like and toss darts. That'd be what's up. Yeah, and, that and was, was really cool. I mean, I would. I would. We could have a good time. It's not like much a, of a drive to no I don't want to call it like a man cave because that just feels wrong. So it's a Star Trek shed. Yeah.
0: yeah. Trek shed. I like a Trek. Trek a shed. Trek shit. That's
2: what's up. <laughs> uh, Chippy says, what an emotional app ep- in a beautiful way. Each moment took me personally by surprise how much they hit me and shout out to the fab lounge.
0: Yeah, that was a cool set. I'm really enjoying that yep. piece and I hope we get to see some cool stuff kind of going on there. Um, and I think for me, one of the most emotional um, pairings this episode was um, Book and Stamets going to the Navarre Science Academy, which looked incredible. I
1: I literally stopped and was just like, what? That was a cool set. The visuals on that was amazing.
0: They're really using that AR like screen setup for some like – I'm like – I'm so excited that they have that now. In order to be able to do so many off, more off-world sets for like way less cost, which I think means we're going to get to go to way cooler places
2: this entire season. (laughs) Although you know the the science experts there. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Okay, you got a grant.
2: Yeah, the science experts there, uh, the uh, Navarre people. Very disappointing (laughs) overall that they just like uh yeah we're gonna meditate for a while and hey, then man. we'll get back to you i'm like don't sleep on napping
1: man i, I man, just love
2: being like no we gotta workshop this man i'm working i work off of that kind of caffeine energy and i need you guys
1: <laughs> working with me here you know what i really appreciated though with stamets and the emotion that i felt with uh like, you could almost hear his brain going, it's got to be tachyons. It's got to be tachyons. Like, if it's not, what am I, I don't know. Like, that type of emotion, I really was like, I felt it. Like, mm-hmm. he was he, he was really hoping, like, this has to be it because we have to know what happens if we don't. And I, I was really kind of on the edge of my seat a little bit thinking, are they going to give it to us? And, and simultaneously wanting us to have this resolved, Right, as like because I'm I'm feeling the emotion of the characters, but also going, don't give it to us. Like, don't make it that easy, right? Don't wrap everything up in this one episode. The the Um, past couple seasons seem to like have really
2: transformed what this show is doing as far as its consideration for people's psychological well being um, and how other characters notice and are aware of that and are considerate of how they they approach and and talk to them. You know, you know, seeing um Stamets talking to Book in particular when he's dancing around why he doesn't want to invite him to the science thing and eventually he has to just kind of be like, look, I'm going to be straightforward then with you. I have to talk very directly in scientific terms about something that was traum- traumatic to you and that's kind of why I want you to be aware. And I I appreciate when you see a show that's like okay this is how this this character is going to be feeling they're going to be hurt and raw and the other people around them are aware of that and they are going to be doing their best to try and navigate around all that that pain and hurt and it felt like in the first season maybe in the first first uh season and a half it was a lot of characters with a lot of damage all isolated and none of them were really talking about it and they're all hiding it and now Everyone's aware, and they're reaching out to each other because they're what each other has now. I guess in the future.
0: Well, yeah. Go ahead, Mariah. Oh, I was going to say, I thought the moment between Book and the Navarre President were some of my favorite um, kind of more emotional scenes of the entire episode because I thought it was such a. I mean, those two particular species, right? Like books planet and him are our total empaths like that's their entirety is emotion and connecting in that way and then you have the navar president who is vulcan and she is just like so ingrained in logic but there's that beautiful moment when he's like oh you understand emotion and she's just like well yeah i just choose not to like act upon it because i think it's easier to not do it. But then she's like, but for you, that would be like not breathing. And I thought that was such a wonderful way to express that. Like, while there's always two tactics to solve a problem, you have to do it with the way that's the best for you. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, just like full on crying when book gets to see his little nephew turn around and like, they yell at each other that they, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was very well done. Very well done.
2: Uh, I thought. I have a question here. Um, From James Worm, who says, I feel the absence of Tachyons is extra interesting Aren't stray Tachyons in all Scans like other background Radiation?
1: I I do think there's something going on Here because Here's what I Picked up on. There's this Moment where something Clearly kind of comes out Right? Of this gravitational Anomaly. She says I've seen What I need to see And then it's like, so was it there? Nope, nothing's there. Something was there. And I was almost like, Stamets, you asked the wrong question. You asked, was there tachyons? You really need to ask, what did you see? And do do you have any thoughts? Like, I do feel like there's something not being said there. I don't know what tachyons are. So I just, this is just way (laughs) over my head in this episode.
2: I Um,
0: believe it is a type of radiation.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, I guess but. it shows up as green in the sky. Blue. That's blue. At that least in this. Blue? Yeah. At least in this. I mean, I, I know so. tachyon nets to prevent like cloaking ships or to spot cloaking ships, but I'm not a tachyon expert. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Sh- Wait.
0: It is a, a particle of hypo- a hypothetical particle that travels faster than the speed of light.
2: Okay. Uh when after James <laughs> mentioned this, my pay
0: grade <laughs> of science knowledge,
2: after James mentioned this, I'm trying to follow a little bit what's going on in the chat. Home Chicky said, Um, it took me a minute to what you're to get what you're asking, but yes, the video was faked. Is that in reference to uh, the like what was being seen by um what's the same I book? Do you think but, that, that there's like a false memory implanted in there, like where he didn't see what maybe he did see? Can they do that?
1: No, I don't think I don't know do what's... Okay,
2: Th- then that could just be something else completely. I, I thought yeah, I'd I was ask like, you guys more of like, can Different can convo the, is what James
0: just said. <laughs> oh,
2: yes. Can the, can the Navar make people see no. what they
0: No, you can about. only see what you actually actually oh, remembered. Okay. They can't like mm-hmm. implant memories into your brain. They can share their memories with you, but it's it's always just based on an actual uh
2: Apparently, memory. they were talking about Spock, a Spock video yes. in season two. So uh, I'm yeah. way off base. <laughs> 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 I, I apologize for taking us down a weird tangent.
0: Um, but yeah, the so I did try to do some general Googling on like the different kinds of black holes that they were talking about and like the dark matter anomalies. And of course, all of it is like theoretical stuff. But the closest thing that I could find to like an explanation of what they thought it was throughout this episode is essentially the same kind of reaction that happened at the big Bang, of so the creation of the universe. And that's when you got like the kind of creation of tachyons and like all of this kind of stuff happening. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I have as far as science knowledge to share on that particular topic.
1: <laughs> I, I've got a question for you all um, around Stamets. Are you disappointed that we're not getting more angry Stamets in regards to Burnham? I feel like at the end of the last season, it was like, and it's like, and then this season was was like too soon. What was it? uh,
2: Yeah. What was it that uh, Burnham did exactly? I don't fully Threw him
1: out an airlock. Yep. Because
2: he wanted to um, say, he wanted
0: to jump the ship, but she was like, you can't do that because your family is involved. So I'm going to make book jump the ship.
1: Right, oh, and God. and the issue was we can't have both. The only two people mm-hmm. who can jump the ship on the, in same, the ship. same on the same ship at the same time, and that's why in this ep- or the pilot episode, he made the joke, "What about that?" And she said, "You know, like too soon." Um, and they said, "No, you'll be basically a hologram, a hollow, yeah." I mean, maybe I, they, they're
2: dancing around it because we haven't got a lot of scenes of Stamets and Burnham interacting. Maybe there is underlying hostility there. It's just those aren't the scenes of the stories that we've gotten in these first three episodes.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping we get something because I really felt like that was such a like harsh conflict at the end and there was such disappointment and anger there that it feels so disingenuous just to leave it as if. Even after five months, that it's you know five months we didn't see. Granted, but like, give us something. Can we get a flashback? Can we get yeah. like a <laughs> them? Nicole like, says no. In like he and a, Michael are
2: family, so it's not gonna say mad forever. Let it go. You know, he yeah. watched Frozen. You don't let it go.
0: <laughs> Him let and Colbert read a lot of books on trauma um, and decided to just <laughs> let it all go.
2: You know, Colber's constantly being like, "Dude, just move on.
1: <laughs> get over it." Only the way he says it, it it seems more, definitely more like Disney Pixar, Pixar owl-ish, right? Like, sometimes you just have to let the things go so that you can heal, right? Like, when Cobra says it, it's way more, you know. I mean, honestly,
0: he could just read the dictionary to me, and I would be like, great, thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Very relaxing.
2: So... Um, uh, There's emotional moments going on with Mm -hmm. Adira and Gray. Gray has now gotten his body. Mm -hmm. He's very excited about that. And uh, we do see a lot of what we were discussing last week about um, Adira feeling this loss that they no longer have that connection with Gray at all times. Um, But, you know, being able to let go in that way is allowing space for Gray to... Um, have this this beautiful transformation into <laughs> being corporeal. <you>
0: know? <laughs> have a body.
1: Yeah. yeah, I love the moment where um, Adira is saying, "I should have never let him do this." And Cobra goes, "It wasn't your choice." Yeah, right. And and I I see Adira growing up, and I think they are gonna. I think by the end of the season, they are really going to mature, um, and it's exciting to see because that I thought that was a big moment, right? This idea of even though you've held them close to you for so long, this is going to be a big change. Not all of it is going to be great, and and you you know we all have people that we care about that we want to protect, and we would shelter, you know, probably too much. And I think this was a situation. Or what we see is that with Gray one, it was a chance, even if it cost him everything. And I think that was a little bit challenging for Adira, but I think we saw growth through it at the end. At least I hope so. Uh,
2: a question I had for you both is, what uh, what's the name of the alien species that Gray is? Like Tal, Tal Shiar, is that right?
1: Trill. Trill. Like,
2: what just like, what? <laughs> I don't know that. I, I just say
1: The Tal
0: Shiar are the Romulan Romulans. Romulans
1: uh, from that show Picard. Okay. Well, from um, other shows, but we see them Okay. La, yeah. Last on Picard. So Grey is a
2: trill. Um what function will Grey have? a trill too. Huh? Not that. Wait. <laughs> the... Oh, sorry. Uh what sorry. what function do you think Grey will have on the ship? What? Sorry. And like, how how will the interactions be working with with Gray, kind of joining the team, and where where does where does Gray fit in? I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean that's going to be, I think, a big theme to explore, especially for Adira to have to deal with, because now there is the possibility that Gray could leave the ship to go back to the Trill homeworld to train to be a guardian. Because I don't know if that is training that Gray can do aboard Discovery, um, or what. Gray's sort of full. Do you, I guess you potential that, on the ship
2: would be. But do you think they'd bring Gray back only to to send him away from from the ship and the show?
0: No, but I do think we're going to have to have that conversation that on conflict. the show. Okay, yeah, I think that right. conflict is going to be explored. I wouldn't think. I I I think it would be a, a a waste of Ian Alexander to have him be there in full body form and then be like, just kidding, I'm going to go. <laughs> to the Troll Homeworld. um And the other thing is that Adira is still holding is is still the host of uh, of Tall. And so I think this then would perhaps be that Gray is now the guardian of that um, of Tall, essentially. As the Troll. You
2: know, I know that Clyde loves watching this is us and these, these shows that are a little bit more focused on like interpersonal drama and relationships and all that. But I, I I'm I'm hoping that we'll get to see more of, of Gray just getting to be part of the science and action on the ship and getting to like do stuff with the rest of the team as well instead of it being a little bit more of the, the soap opera side now. Now that no, no. now that he's he's in there and he's real and he's part of the team.
1: I think you want a little bit of both. I think the, the best Trek, it gives us this emotional connection. It's character driven. We, we see some of this tension. You know, we, we like the love interests that happen and the romance that happens on the ship and, and kind of that dynamic. Um, but also you want the tech. You want the exploration, a little bit of the politics and the thing that I think we get more of in Discovery than we've gotten in any other Trek in a long time is the action, right? And so mm-hmm. it, I think it's it's you've got to think about how you balance that carefully. Um, And I think they're doing a good job. But, yeah, so I don't want it to be saccharine and, yes, well, I like this is us. That's not what I want here. <laughs> um, don't lie. I don't. You know, I like that first of all, this is uh this way too much emotion to mix in with track. Like I just I don't need that type of <laughs> I don't need that. Not week to week. But I think what we get with with Gray and Adira in particular is something that we haven't really seen before. I'm trying to think back. And that's that's young love that is completely clueless about what what love really means, right? They get the emotion and the passion, but all the complications that come with it. I can't remember the last time in Trek we really got that, right? And they're going to have to deal with our relationship is different now that you're separate from my head. Um, I you know, great great is going to have his own desires and and career Perhaps, and that might not align directly with what's going on um, with Adira. Not to mention the thing about Trek, and the reason why relationships are always very, very dicey on Trek is that at any point in time, one of you may be in a life threatening situation, and the other person has to revolve around that and sometimes as Burnham is dealing with that means preparing to lose you
0: yeah I think it's going to be very interesting now that we have sort of three pretty established couples on the ship right like we yeah. have Burnham and Book we mm-hmm. have Culber and Stamets, Stamets, and now yeah. we have Adira and Gray and it's going to be I think very interesting to see how that dynamic works, because I feel like that's the most couples we've ever had on a ship before.
1: And, and yeah, usually, and usually like we have somebody character. who's like, you know, a dating, like on the ship, serial dating dater, yeah. right? Like if it's, I mean, it could be Kirk, it could be Riker. I mean, it could be Tom Paris or you know Harry Kim. I guess depending on some of those those episodes, and then everyone from. That show I don't really talk about, Enterprise, because that was just like, whatever. (laughs) We don't really have anybody who's dating and single, I think, on this show. Yeah, who's the Lothario of this show? (laughs) It's going to be Bryce. (laughs) Bryce. I mean... (laughs) Saru is out there.
0: Bryce or Reese, I feel like, could really uh, really bachelor life it up on this show. I,
1: I don't know. I mean, if Mike was here, he'd make a play for Detmer. I mean...
0: But we all know Owishkun and Detmer are our are, are, are soulmates. Yeah, they're Bridge. shipped in our hearts. <laughs> they are shipped in our hearts. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to break that. Um, I guess we could. What's like, wrong fine. with Tilly? I think Tilly, so t- I was gonna just say Tilly's on this big soul searching mission this episode and has, I think, one of the, almost a better one-on-one scene with Burnham's mom than Burnham does, like about like life and like pathways mm-hmm. and and sort of like dealing there, but it could also just be that Tilly's in this space where she's really trying to like uh, gather information from a lot of different people to figure out what her next path should be.
2: Tilly's also a leech off of other people's moms. Cause she doesn't have that relationship with her own mom. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> she'll, she'll just kind of be like, I'm going to get uh, all the advice from you. Cause clearly your relationship with Michael is fantastic. <laughs> 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 also, um, also seems very damaged.
0: I was just like, "Dang, girl, that had to have been really bad mac and cheese to spit it out." Because I usually can get down on just about any kind of macaroni and cheese, and um, I was like, "What did that replicator do to you?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea what was going on. I was like, "Who?" I like everybody I know can, I, you can go. Mm, yeah, this mac and cheese is not that ain't Mama's mac and cheese. Like, no, I, can't I understand think the idea is that she was spitting out was new. <laughs> right oh she, she maybe it...
2: eat mac and cheese at all Oh, and so this is her first time giving that a shot because once she was listing off all the different new things she was trying so i think that was what part of it was is she never eats that stuff and then she gave it a shot and was like oh
0: disliking cheese is a human disorder that's a funny it was a funny line uh, <laughs> home yeah. um but yeah i liked that she got to have these sort of moments with um with Burnham and then also with uh Saru about just like trying to essentially be really open and honest about the fact that she's feeling down and I feel like this is one of the first times instead of it being you know like Detmer's PTSD over trying to fly we actually get to see someone who's trying to like actively move themselves through depression right and like trying to figure out what to do as next steps and I thought it was interesting I watched the um uh the ready room for this week. And they talked a lot about how, you know, there are definite parallels to the season, to what was going on with COVID. They're like, we didn't want to write a COVID season because no one wants to watch that. They're like, but it was on everybody's minds. And, you know, they're showing like all of the behind the scene footage of everyone having to be masked up and like interacting over screens with different, like cast and crew members. And like uh, even on the ready room, Uh, Blue DeBario and Ian Alexander were talking about how because they don't live in Toronto, like them and Wilson Cruz were in these like hotel rooms that they essentially had to be like alone in all the time if they're not on set and how isolating that was. And so it's Mm -hmm. interesting to see, I think, some of those themes weaving in where Tilly is perhaps feeling isolated because she's in a different time in a different place and having to figure out what her place is in this kind of new reality. Right. And I think a lot of us can relate to that.
2: This show is a bit of an anomaly as far as other Trek shows, right? Are they all this introspective and like a, a deep examination of the human condition? Like this one's doing this season. Yes. I mean, yes. Oh, That's are the they? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know i i i thought it's it's a space adventure show week to week with with hard science and it, aliens
1: so it is is definitely not a space western it's not serenity you know, it's, okay it's no. no and even serenity had some you know some moments um yeah no this is this is different this is let's let's oddly enough there's just enough space opera to not annoy people, but a lot of the action is talking, mm-hmm. right? It, to me, it's closer to a diplomatic political com- like show than it is a Western.
0: Yeah. More West wing than Western. Yep. If you will. Um, oh. Yeah. What did, uh, Y'all think of the interactions between Burnham, the president and uh, our admiral.
1: I love Vance. <laughs> You've come around
2: from, from Vance's sus. <laughs> yeah. Do I still have the banner for you saying Vance's sus every <laughs> single week? I don't think I did, but uh, that was constantly your refrain. And now you're like, I love him. He's the best.
1: Well, I, I mean, I don't know. It's like, he's, he's just got this, like, it's it's like part grandfatherly kind of care, like quality where he's just dispensing some wisdom. And then part, like he's very pragmatic, a, like a barber in a barbershop. Like, I'm just going to sit back and let this all unfold. And when you look all confused, I'm going to drop some nuggets of wisdom on you. And then like exit stage left. Like, that's really what it is. And it's, it's almost sad but it's like, you're not expecting a whole lot. He's just sitting in the corner, and you go, man, I don't understand. Well, young blood, this is what's happening. And he's like, <laughs> oh, okay. And then he out. Like It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's kind of nice. I like it. it. It does seem. So was the
2: president always the president, and we just didn't see her last season? Is that what was going on? No,
0: she's the newly elected president of the Federation.
2: And the president's mm-hmm. over top of Admiral Vance, then.
0: Correct. Yep. So in she's the, tank, the president right. of the federation or the uh, yeah, the federation and the admiral is in charge of um uh the actual oh my god the military like, side the- of it or whatever. Yes, but there's a term. So she is in charge of the United Federation of Planets, whereas
2: he's,
0: he's in charge of Starfleet. Yeah.
2: Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I guess I was a little bit confused as to uh, the delegation of roles because I thought uh she answered to him technically, but I guess it's the other way around um, just because I was a little bit confused about the roles. You Um, didn't
0: understand the metaphor. She's the conductor.
2: (laughs) Well, once he said that, I was like, he says, I do percussion. I know. I was like,
0: I bet you do. I bet you do. (laughs) You you little dad roll.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I don't necessarily think there was anything nefarious going on between them. I think it's just, there's there's the politics of, of the grander scheme of how to uh, thread the needle of what they're dealing with right now. Um, See, yeah, I, it, actually, it's, it's, I found that to be one of the more interesting parts of that conversation, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to take a step further, Grant, and say I think that she could be an incredible mentor for Burnham. Like, I, I think what she's, she's constantly... Like, she's going, I've got full trust in Burnham. She's talking her through what she's doing. Like, she's explaining the strategy. I think in previous, like, iterations of Star Trek, presidents and admirals never really explained what they were doing until right. it turned out that they were doing something sus, right? <laughs> it's always like, you don't need to know. Just do what I tell you. And she's really, like, pulling Burnham aside and going hey, I know, look, we're this is about diplomacy and we really need Navar to be in here, but make no mistake about it, you're in charge. Like, she's having these conversations and then afterwards explaining, like, I know, I wanted justice, but this is why. this." Like, she, she's spending a lot of time investing in Burnham um, and it feels like a mentor um, situation.
2: I like the idea of all, all of these characters just having a little bit more of that that positive take that we kind of hope humanity will eventually get to anyway, where people aren't constantly hiding motivations and acting in, in a lot of uh, dubious self-interest. But we, we all do kind of move toward those ideals of what Starfleet, I guess is supposed to be. Um, So if this show is actually leaning more into that idea of, you know, there's going to be openness of dialogue. Um, You're going to be included in the conversation and respected for your opinion. It might not always go your way, but that isn't um, a reflection on uh, us being wrong or you being wrong. It's just, you know, there's a balance that has to happen uh, with leadership roles and decisions that are made.
0: Yeah. I, um. Clyde, when you're saying, I think that the, that the president is trying to mentor Burnham. I I agree. I think that's what she is trying to do, but I don't think Burnham is looking for a mentor from her. No, Like it's, it's such a one way street right now. And like, it's really hard to mentor someone who doesn't want it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, but I think that, that, that's what happens a lot. Right. Like, I think there's, there's the, I'm going to go and seek out a mentor, but, has that does that feel like Burnham to you? I'm gonna go find a mentor. No, I
0: mean, but George O, I think, was that yeah, for her.
1: yeah. But we didn't get to see how that started, That's true, right? Well, we didn't are really we see sure how that started.
2: Are we sure though, Clyde, that uh, Burnham shouldn't be the mentor to the president well, given I, she's 3,000 years older? <laughs> it's not, it's not about age, it's about
1: wisdom. <laughs> um, well, she's I got a
2: lot I, of wisdom under her belt as well,
1: y- yeah. but... I think what I'm hoping that I'm seeing from the president is we're seeing this evolution, right? It's, it's, it's almost like cyclical. And the fact that the Federation was this, when you, if you go back to TNG and Voyager and even deep space nine, the Federation had resolved all these conflict and issues and was really about I don't know, just the this, this standard that we we couldn't even really imagine today. And somehow, through discovery, all of that has been uh, been unwound, right? And we've even got a chance to see some mirror verse where we've seen, well, what happens if it went way in the other direction? Now it feels like we might be getting back to that and that this president is trying to show, because, we, you know, Burnham has said we've got to bring back the Federation. It's been important. This president, at least on the surface, is trying to show, hey these are the decisions that we're going to have to make to bring the Federation back to that type of ideal. And and I, it feels like the president is playing chess and Burnham, unfortunately is playing checkers and doesn't know it. Maybe right?
0: it's more the president's playing Vulcan chess and uh, Burnham's playing regular chess. <laughs>
1: Maybe. And so I think and what I'm hoping is that even if she doesn't want the mentorship, um, She's gonna learn something, right? And it, it only takes one, maybe three. I told you so before someone goes, Maybe I should start paying attention.
2: Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys mm-hmm. again. Uh, how long was the burning? Do you guys remember how long the burn was? Over a hundred years. It was over a hundred years, right? Okay. So this president and Vance and everyone that's a part of uh Starfleet and the Federation mm-hmm. have lived their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Within the construct of the burn and Mm -hmm. like some dark ages, essentially this Mm -hmm. idea that like time reversed backwards and a lot of technology and travel and and connections were lost. Mm -hmm. They are now desperately trying to play catch up, but they're trying to play catch up on ideas that they had to learn. From about like three, four generations back pr- prior to the burn. Mm-hmm. Whereas Burnham is coming from a place that does know how to have those relationships, does know how to operate in a kind like with Saru, with her, like with Joe, all of these people operated as much more of, of experts who had an understanding of that minus the 3,000 years of advancement, I suppose. Yeah,
0: I was like, well, there's 3,000 years of advancement, but also 3,000 years of complicated relationships, right? Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what wars have been waged, what, mm-hmm. um, you know, cultural differences have changed between different, uh, you know, alien races that new aliens that have been added to the sort of database of species and stuff
2: like that. So- karen has got a good point too. Maybe lifespan's expanded. True. Maybe it maybe was well, yeah. two
1: generations. And huh? I mean, Vulcans
0: live a very long time. Very so long it's possible time. there are, uh, you know, there are definitely there. <laughs> there are folks. I, I,
1: yeah. I, I think you also have to take in consideration that Burnham, you know, Discovery was 10 years prior to Enterprise. So that Federation looked very different than, say, TNG Federation, right? Yeah. Or Voyager Federation. Like there were some more evolutions and relationships with Romulans and Klingons and the complexity in Fair. technology change. So, I mean, you know, Burnham's got a good start, but I wouldn't say it's the blueprint. She's got the mm-hmm. blueprint for it.
2: People yeah. keep pointing out, uh, like Mark points out, that uh, the president is is part Cardassian, which I guess we uh, don't trust that, them. That, yes, that's my uh, that's that's understanding. And mm-hmm. uh, Lise A says... Uh, the president is using Burnham and she isn't happy about it, but it's for the greater good. Do you think that she's being used? And like manipulated?
0: I mean, she's, she's definitely become a bit of a, let's let's send in the A squad, you know, to show mm-hmm. good faith movement and the people who have saved us, you know. It,
1: look, they, d- this Discovery team has got a lot of popularity. They're rock stars, yeah. right? And she, is she cozying up to that celebrity for her own purpose sure a little bit yeah a little bit yeah I, yeah I would agree with that you know is it for the greater good yeah right she, she's she's it, it is definitely political in nature Takako makes a
2: fair point too um says doesn't agree uh shouldn't agree with me burnham <laughs> and everyone uh, came from a time when the federation was a given they are all learning how to get back to that which yeah yeah, that's a good point. I mean, building something versus existing within that construct already. Two wildly different things. Very true. Very true.
0: Yeah. I, um, the one other thing I wanted to just like touch upon was that I, I will say watching a fight scene without Michelle Yeoh in it makes me a little sad. It's like the first bigger like, hand-to-hand combat scene we've had since she left the show and uh i feel like but she was definitely missed <laughs> can,
1: can we just take a moment and reflect on the fact that that was an all woman fight scene and i yeah, thought it kind of was, was was amazing right um like like I, I i just felt like yeah we're missing kind of michelle yo to come in cuz michelle yo was always the baddest of the baddest yeah. right so you're missing you're missing your big hitter um and you've replaced your big hitter with Tilly who drops the sword mm-hmm. right but tosses it back gets but it, tosses up. it back <laughs> she found her role she found her her niche mm-hmm. and she rocked it um i i still thought it was amazing an excellent yeah. squad. But I also like sword fighting. So that's. A whole <laughs> yeah.
0: Idea. I mean, it was it was a super fun scene to watch. It was just one of those times when I'm like, oof, if Michelle Yeoh is
2: in here. The, the, like. I, I'm with you, Mariah. I, I in fact, I, I, I did not like the first, the opening sequences fight scene, like with a guy, because there were some weird cuts in the editing there. Like, there's a point where, uh, she knocks him down to the ground. And in the next scene, it shows him shoot and slide across into the wall. But, like, the. It didn't make sense for him to all of a sudden also uh, propel way across the room, and then later, like he looks up and he sees a sword, and in the next scene, he's he's not only stood up, fully grabbed the sword, and advanced on her, <laughs> but now is advancing on her. And I was like, "What's happening with these cuts? <laughs> this action? I feel like the flow is always a little bit tighter with uh, a show or with a scene with uh, Michelle Yeoh." Yeah.
0: I think that just comes. I mean, I'm sure the stunt coordinators um are are obviously fantastic on this show. They do some pretty incredible stuff, but I think it comes with just that like years of on screen fight experience when you have someone with that. Like, I mean, I mean, your, she's, your Michelle. Cut's she's Michelle, yo. <laughs> right. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty amazing. She's so great. <sighs> um, anything else, y'all? Do we have anything else from the comments that we might have missed?
1: I agree uh, with Chipi. I hope I'd like to see Tilly become awesome with a sword.
0: That would be really fun.
1: I'm just excited to see where Tilly ends up at the end of the season. This whole journey of self discovery, there's so much you can do with it.
0: Yeah, I think it's gonna be cool. And the the preview for next week looks cool. I won't spoil it. I will say, if you want to go watch the ready room, the little teaser trailer they tossed up at the end there, um, we're de- we're getting some more Tilly and Adira action together which uh, i think they make great scene partners so i'm excited for that
2: cool yeah i got nothing else to add except hey uh if you are enjoying our show and you want to help support us you can go to patreon.com star trek pod and make a two dollar an episode pledge that means if we put out an episode you are offering up two bucks for that episode and in exchange we'd love to love for you to come join us on our star trek slack channel Uh, We'll send you an invite if you join up over at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. And you'll join a bunch of other lovely folks who um, just love talking about Trek. Yeah. Uh, We'd love to have you.
0: And you can find links to the Patreon and all the other places you can listen to or watch this podcast at StarTrekPod.co. Uh, and if you want to uh, join us live, we go live on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Central. Uh, and you can subscribe to YouTube, hit that notification bell, and you'll get a little pop-up whenever we go live.
1: Yep. If you want to follow us, check us out at, at Star Trek Pod on all of our socials. Um,
0: all right, y'all. I think that's it. Thanks for hanging. Thank you for chatting with us, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time. Live long and prosper.